We're checking in. Is there a room here that maybe somebody hasn't died in? And getting ahead. A lot can happen in seven years. I'm Jared Hall from Entertainment Weekly, and here's what to watch on Wednesday, February 10th. We're counting down today's top three must-see picks from TV and movies. But first, here are your entertainment headlines. Reunion alert! Morris Chestnut, Tay Diggs, Terrence Howard, Harold Perrineau, Regina Hall, Sanaa Lathan, Neil Long, and Melissa D'Souza have all signed on to reprise their roles from The Best Man for a 10-episode limited series. Peacock's The Best Man final chapters will catch up with their characters as, according to an official synopsis, quote, relationships evolve and past grievances resurface in the unpredictable stages of midlife crisis meets midlife renaissance. And Mary Wilson, one of the founding members of the Supremes and the longest reigning member of the Motown group, has died. She was 76. Wilson, Diana Ross, and Florence Ballard were first the Primettes before changing their name. Wilson was with the group until it officially disbanded in 1977. Today, we're going three for three. That is picking three shows for our number three pick, with one Chicago. This week on Chicago Med, Dr. Choi helps out a patient with chronic pain. Dr. Charles finds out his daughter Anna is pregnant. And Dr. Halstead is still pushing ahead with his clinical trial, but hits a bit of a snag. Here's a clip. If this goes well today, hospitals all over the country will want to join this trial. That will increase our visibility to get this drug to market that much faster. Sabrina, this presentation is going to go great. I promise. Hey, Will. East Mercy's jammed. They're diverting patients to us. I'm going to need you. Sure, but at three, you know I got my presentation. Ah, uh, sorry. You're going to have to push that. Ethan, come on, you cleared this yesterday. I know, but I just can't spare you. Don't worry. I'm doing it. That might be a problem. Meanwhile, on fire, Gallo makes a split-second decision during a dangerous rescue, defying Casey's orders and possibly putting his job on the line. Also, Kid feels a strain in her relationship with Severide, and Brett and Mackie search for answers after a series of suspicious calls. And on PD, Ruzek and Detective Halstead try to infiltrate a crime ring while the team recruits an unlikely ally to help solve a murder. Tune in to NBC starting at 8 p.m. to see how it all goes down. We are time jumping to our number two pick for today, Riverdale. This week, the CW drama finally says goodbye to high school, leaping seven years into the future where much has changed for Archie and the gang. For one thing, Archie has been away all those years and returns to find the town under Hiram Lodge's grip and on the verge of becoming a ghost town. And that's just the beginning. Here's a preview. A lot can happen in seven years. Archie had been in a war. You ready to go home, son? Home? I was a published writer. No! Veronica was married. Archie, this is Chadwick, my husband. And Betty was an FBI agent. You suffered severe trauma. Wow. Lots of catching up to do. Indeed, we already knew Veronica would be married to a Wall Street bro, no less. But there's a whole lot to unpack in that trailer alone. From the looks of it, Betty went through something like the Silence of the Lambs. What's clear is that this jump will mark a new era for Riverdale, with the cast getting to explore new sides of the characters. 
EW's Samantha Heifel recently spoke with star K.J. Appa, who explained what he's enjoying about the time jump and playing a little closer to his own age. That was something that I did realize. Was that what is, it is nice to be able to, to play, to add that certain level of maturity to the character that wasn't necessarily there before. I mean, at the same time, it is Riverdale, and these characters are, you know, can be comical always. But I think that um, it is nice. It's, it's nice coming back into the season, leaving a lot of those habits, I guess you could call, behind out with the old, in with the new, I suppose. The time jump begins at 8 p.m. tonight on The CW. All February, we are celebrating black performers and artistry for Black History Month with binge recommendations, as well as picks from EW staff, stars, and filmmakers. Today, we're highlighting a new History Channel special exploring the legacy of the Tuskegee Airmen, the famous group of African-American pilots who served in World War II. These pilots flew more than 1,500 missions during the war at a time when the U.S. military and much of the federal government were still racially segregated. Good Morning America's Robin Roberts hosts this special, revealing how the airmen, including her father, Colonel Lawrence E. Roberts, helped bring an end to segregation in the military and paved the way for the civil rights movement. Tuskegee Airmen, Legacy of Courage, premieres tonight at 8 p.m. on the History Channel. It's trivia time. We're sticking with the Tuskegee Airmen for today's question. The group has inspired many depictions in pop culture, including 2009's Night at the Museum Battle of the Smithsonian. Which NBC star played a Tuskegee Airman in the film? Donald Glover, Leslie David Baker, or Craig Robinson? Stick around for the answer and more on today's number one pick. What to watch? We'll be right back. Hey everyone, I'm Sid Evans, Editor-in-Chief of Southern Living and host of Biscuits and Jam. Since 2020, I've been interviewing musicians, chefs, authors, and other Southern icons about their family traditions, their faith, their favorite meals, and of course, what it means to be Southern. And I'm excited to announce Season 5 of our award-winning podcast. Join me every Tuesday for new conversations with some of the most interesting and influential Southerners around. Be sure to follow Biscuits and Jam wherever you get your podcasts. You can also find us online at southernliving.com slash biscuits and jam. Welcome back to EW's What to Watch. And now we're checking in to our number one pick for today, Crime Scene, The Vanishing at the Cecil Hotel. Netflix's latest true crime docuseries explores the mythology and mystery around infamous locations in contemporary crime. The first season focuses on the Cecil Hotel in downtown Los Angeles, which has been linked to some of the city's most notorious activity as the site of untimely deaths and even the dwelling of some serial killers. Most recently, a college student named Elisa Lamb was staying at the Cecil when she vanished in 2013, setting off a media frenzy. Crime Scene uses this case as a lens to explore the hotel's complex and sinister history. Here's a preview. Elisa Lamb from Vancouver, Canada is missing. The big unanswered question is, where is she? The last footage that we have of her was inside the elevator. That's where the case starts to go askew. She kept looking outside the door. Why is the elevator not going anywhere? Is someone keeping her here? Her hand movements are very strange and erratic. Like she's conjuring a spirit. 
it makes people wonder, is there something evil going on here? Oh, creepy stuff. EW Digital writer Rosie Cordero now joins me to discuss this new Netflix series. Hey, Rosie. Hi. Hi. So uh, let's get into this. This uh, this case is just wild and so complicated. Please tell everyone about um, Alyssa Lamb and, and what happened here. Alyssa Lamb was this young woman um, who was from Vancouver in Canada, and she had dreams of seeing the world. I mean... She was the right age to head out on her own, and one day she did. Uh, she kept track of her adventures via her Tumblr page. You know, she stopped by San Diego first, and then she made it to Los Angeles, right? So she found this affordable hotel, which happens to many people. It almost happened to me, actually. Uh, <laughs> when I was going to come to Los Angeles for the first time, I was looking up rates, and this place called the Stay on Main seemed, Ooh. you know, yeah, it's they, it sounded like a you know an affordable place in a yeah. in a you know in a central part of Los Angeles. So what you learn in this documentary though that the branding changed even though it was the same building as the Cecil, but they were trying to start with a fresh page of reviews, yeah. uh, which also worked against uh, Elisa Lamb because she 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 uh, booked through Stay on Main and thought that she was going to be safe there. But uh, uh, this is a hotel that has seen. You know, Richard Ramirez, the Night Stalker, stayed there during much of his crime spree across Los Angeles. Uh, the Black Dahlia was said to have uh, had drinks at the bar just shortly right. before she died. So um, there's a lot of stuff that she would not have known just by the Stay on Main title. So this series is going to uh, unravel. This This first season is going to be about uh, her death and dis disappearance, which she mysteriously uh, appeared in this elevator uh, in uh, security footage where she seems confused or scared and she starts pressing a bunch right. of buttons. Uh, in this elevator... Um, and that's the last time anyone ever saw her before they found her body in one of the uh, water tanks uh, that, you know, put, uh, provided right. water throughout. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that provided water to everyone. So everyone was taking showers and drinking water uh, from right. this tank where they discovered her body. Yeah, yeah, which is actually what helped them figure out that something was up in the water tank. Um, yeah, there, there, are, there are so many um, complex theories here. I, I think they, they kind of make um, compelling arguments for several until we get to the end and you really see uh, what was concluded here, which we won't spoil here. But um, take us through some of those because some of it ranges from supernatural to foul play. There are so many different theories. Right. So one of the biggest theories um, links back to the 2005 film called Dark Water. There seems to have been like a plot line from there that seemed eerily similar to, uh, you know, what happened to Elisa. Mm -hmm. And so multiple people have tried to go into this elevator and recreate the series of numbers that she uh, that she pressed while she was in the elevator because there's this thought that if you press like a certain sequence, it was supposed to open a doorway to some parallel universe. Uh, so one of the theories was she was, she was doing that trying to, you know, she was seeking the supernatural. Um, another theory, you know, her family confirmed that, uh, she had schizophrenia and that, you know, many times she opted not to take her medication. So that was the big theory specifically, you know, from law enforcement, which, you know, they, they go through the results of the autopsy to test that theory. 
there's also the theory they say that in the in the video where she was also in the elevator some web sleuths say that they see like another shadow on the corner they think that she was running for her life because somebody was after her so yeah there's there's a variety of different theories that have come up across the internet and by the time that you finish this documentary uh they give you proof positive as to what happened to her, whether the world wants to believe that or not. <laughs> that's, right, uh, right. yeah, because people still doubt the, the results. There was also a, a, a metal singer, a death metal singer. Yeah, that death metal singer. That's, yeah. that storyline is fascinating. And again, one of those I don't want to spoil, but it's, it's incredible to, to me to see how many people, um, n- not, you know, who aren't detectives as part of the LAPD, who like started investigating this online. It's, it's really, really fascinating to see how it took on a life of its own. Right. So this was even before we've had like this boom of, you know, true crime docs where you have Reddit threads and conversations going all over social media where people are talking about, you know, these cases. This was before that. And, you know, people viewed uh, the words that she shared on her Tumblr and they really connected with her. You know, she's this young woman, you know, leaving home and, and, and seeking out adventure. And yet she found this. People wanted to help her family get closure by helping to solve this. At the end of the day, it's the facts that speak for themselves, but yep. it, you know, they were really trying to be helpful and they were very passionate uh, that you know something, something really bad went down that led her to that. Well, uh, it, it is a wild case. And uh, if you live in Los Angeles, this you know consumed the news for a while, but there's still so much more here to see, even if you watched it there. Uh, if you don't live in L.A., I, I really think you, you have to tune in and check this out. Crime Scene, The Vanishing at the Cecil Hotel, is available to stream now on Netflix. Thanks, Rosie. Thank you. And now the answer to today's trivia question. Which NBC sitcom star played a Tuskegee Airman in Night at the Museum, Battle of the Smithsonian? Donald Glover, Leslie David Baker, or Craig Robinson? If you're an Office fan, you might have guessed this one, Craig Robinson. He wasn't the only NBC comedy alum to do so, though. 30 Rock's Keith Powell also appeared as an airman in the 2009 film. That is our show for today. We'll have more news and must-see picks for you tomorrow. Be sure to rate and review the show, and of course, follow or subscribe to What to Watch so you don't miss our daily recommendations, more of which can be found at EW.com. I'm senior TV editor Jared Hall. You can find us on Twitter at EW, and I'm at Jared Hall. Thanks so much for listening, and have a great day. What to Watch. What to Watch is written by Tyler Akalina, edited and produced by Joshua Heller, produced and hosted by Jared Hall, and executive produced by Shana Naomi Krokmal and Carly used